大家好啊 ，Welcome to the Way Into the Dragon podcast, a show that takes an in-depth look at Hong Kong cinema from an Asian and Western cultural perspective. I'm Edwin, a Chinese American who grew up in the States, and I'm looking to re-explore my cultural heritage through the lens of films. On this journey, I'll be joined by my co-host Matthias, an Italian who is one of the most knowledgeable Hong Kong film enthusiasts I know. Buongiorno, I'm Matthias, an Italian globetrotter who has been living in China for the past 13 years. Together with Edwin, I will be discussing Hong Kong's films, both past and present. Digging through the archives and talking to industry veterans. In the process, we will uncover the stories and cultural context behind genre staples to forgotten classics. So whether you are new to Asian cinema or a seasoned film buff, we invite you to join us on a journey to discover what makes Hong Kong cinema so special. Hey, yo, Edwin! I make you an offer you can't refuse. Yo, Edwin! Did that remind you of anything? Of course, dude. The Godfather, one of the great classics <laughs> of crime cinema, and you're yeah. Italian too, so I should totally practice extreme、mm. precautions. <laughs> okay, I see you did your homework. Bravo, Edwin! Bravo! <laughs> Always, man. So yeah, like crime films are what we're gonna cover in this episode. Obviously, with a focus、mm-hmm. on Hong Kong cinema. That's right, man.、Um, and we had the great honor to discuss this topic actually with a producer legend from Hong Kong, right? Yeah, it was super fun exploring the topic with our guest John Chong, who is one of、mm-hmm. the founders of Media Asia Group and the producer of countless classics of genres such as Infernal Affairs and Beast Cops. Yeah, great movies.、Um, I have to say, for me, it was a you know a, a great honor as a fan、uh, to to discuss this.、Uh, Topic with him, and、um, yeah, as a matter of fact, I mean, we we touched up on topics such as、uh, the Brotherhood Code among gangsters, right? By looking at some cultural idiosyncrasies, both in Chinese culture and some other countries, and you know, obviously, we we linked that to some of the great Hong Kong crime films, such as Better Tomorrow or Infernal Affairs. Yeah, like for me, it was great discovering the way Hong Kong industry veterans approach the narrative for these types of movies, as well as the way they handled、mm-hmm, issues、yeah. of ethics. Yeah, indeed, man.、Um, I think we we really got some great insight、uh, from John Chong. So, without further ado, let's just jump right into this great discussion we had with him, man. Yeah, totally. Let's do it. Thank you so much, Mr. Chong, for joining us today for our podcast about gangsters, guns, and brotherhoods. Thrilled to have you with us. Super excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So,、um, we're we're really excited to talk about this topic, and I think it's a topic that has a lot to do. With Hong Kong culture and a lot of how people perceive Hong Kong films. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the genres that surely are most、uh, popular with fans. You know. So、uh, maybe we'll start. If Mr. Chong could tell us a little bit about how you got your start in the Hong Kong film industry. Okay, and、um, it's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we have time. Yeah. yeah.、Uh, in、um, early. Eighties,、uh, uh, I joined a company called Golden Princess Amusement, which is a parent company of、uh, Cinema City, and I worked there as a copywriter at the advertising department. And my job is、uh, copywriting and titling English film in Chinese, such、mm. as Shining, 
Terminator yeah. wow. or a lethal weapon or wow, a better classic. future. And then I, because I came across a lot of directors there, right. and then I became a script writer a few years later. And then uh, in 1992, I joined another company called Media Access, mm -hmm. which is a sister company of Star TV. Mm -hmm. And uh, I worked there for a year, and then myself with uh, six executives in Media Access to form Media Asia and start my producing career, mm -hmm. and the rest is history. Yeah, absolutely. They called you the Seven Samurai, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's very dangerous <laughs> to tell you. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Very famous. With, uh, now I'm the last samurai, I think, in the, in the <laughs> That's industry. That's a nice way, yeah. <laughs> Put it, yeah. yeah. Wow, impressive. Mm. Oh, it's great. How about even before that, were you really fascinated about films in general? Like when you were young, did you say that oh, I wanted to join the film industry? <laughs> it, it was not the case. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I, I'm not rich, I I saw very few films oh. uh, when I was young. Okay. I got to the college and then to see more uh, movies, and then I I find one of them is, was very uh, fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's a taxi driver. Oh, wow, yeah, of course. Yeah, Martin Scorsese. Yes, yeah, and that's why I love to see that kind of films, mm. just as what we're talking about, the um, crime yeah. theory. Right. And uh, another film, The Godfather, is also wow. very good. Yeah, one of my favorites as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. one of the best crime films probably yeah, absolutely. ever. absolutely. Yeah. And I think that ties into how, you know, it's an international thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, crime yeah. movies, people are fascinated, yeah, yeah. Him, no matter. But, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like, what we would like to know, actually, what, what do you think attracts people so much to the crime genre? Is it the duality of human nature, do you think? That somehow uh, deep down we want to be yeah. gangsters or we have some little <laughs> evil inside us? Yes, it is um, not the brighter side of the human being, right? I think the attraction for the Hong Kong crime movie at first is about all about action. Mm -hmm. and uh, as in secrecy and uh, I have some experience about it mm -hmm. in 80s a buyer from Korea they would go to the screening room mm -hmm. and use a stopwatch to time the duration of action scenes wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, <that's amazing>. <laughs> <laughs> the more the better Intense, and then yeah. the, so the longer <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> pay according to calculated yeah, 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 yeah. how long is the action scenes there's a swipe and you know Hong Kong have has a very unique style of uh, choreography of that kind of actions and absolutely yeah and very innovative and then I think later on they are tired of uh, that kind of things only mm -hmm. and they they it asks for more and mm -hmm. then we have a better tomorrow mm -hmm. and the drama and the characterization are outstanding. And that's why we still do some action uh, pet fear, uh, but uh, most importantly, we will focus on you know the drama the and the, the approach mm -hmm. of the the higher story and uh, explore more area on the, on this. So much more on the characterization side, right? Yes. How to kind of characterize each figure in the film from a much deeper perspective, right? Uh, yes, much thoughtful, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Actually, another thing, uh, because you mentioned like how, how it switched from 
maybe kung fu or wuxia yeah. to to these kind of uh, crime action films. What do you think was the the, the trigger? I mean, uh, was there a social trigger or was it just a commercial trigger? Because, for example, if I look uh, at Hollywood films or uh, even at Italian crime films. They mostly started at the end of the 60s, beginning of the 70s, right? So, of course, you had yeah. Godfather, you had French Connection, right? And then in Italy, you started to have a lot of these cop and robber films, uh, mafia films, right? So that was somehow a move away from the 60s and 50s historical films or the spaghetti Western films, right? So in Hong Kong, it's also similar, but the trigger back in Italy or in Hollywood was that there was really a, a rising crime rate. Right. Right. So somehow filmmakers, I think, were also wanting to reflect what was happening in society. Right. Was that the same case in Hong Kong or was it mainly a commercial reason to say, okay, we want to do the same like Hollywood or? Yeah, this is a good question. And I think, uh, you know, very much about Hong Kong cinema. And uh, because of uh, late 70s, uh, there was a, a show called New Wave of yeah. Cinema in Hong Kong. And then the best stage people, I mean, the creative people, um, some of them are from overseas, studying and and okay. then back to Hong Kong. I think it's about the knowledge about the uh, movie and the movie theory, for example, Choi Hang. And ah, Choi yes. Hang is a producer yeah, yeah. of uh, A Better Tomorrow. Yes. And then it's not all because uh, they study a movie in, in mm -hmm. overseas, but mm -hmm. there is a chain. Mm -hmm. People you know, uh, dig more uh, into the human nature mm. and uh, make okay. films more deeply or more forcefully. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or yeah, for yeah. John Wu, uh, for example, the A Better My Tomorrow, he's uh, project himself into a brother Mark. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know yeah. that? Oh, yeah. he, right. he was so humble for a few years uh, working in film industry, but he he was definitely a good director, but he has no chance. That's mm -hmm. why uh, Brother Matt said, I wait for three years. I want to get something yeah, I yeah. deserve. Yeah, right. The famous scene, that's when he right. discusses yeah. with Dilong. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is why he become an author and project himself into the roles. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Also yeah. because you mentioned the new wave. In fact, like back in the day, like Shaw Brothers, there were some movies that already touched upon the crime theme, like... Uh, Chinatown Kid with yeah. Fusheng or Man of Iron. And then you had The Club with Kirk Wong at the mm -hmm. beginning of the 80s. That one already was pretty much in a triad theme, but it was still very much action-focused. Yes. Right? Yeah. So you yes. started to see that kind of... And that personalization yeah. of it. Like yeah, actually exactly. Reflecting uh, the zeitgeist of the time. Yeah, because I think that some uh, brilliant uh, filmmakers, they, they have the insight. For example, Johnny Toe. Mm -hmm. He okay. always asks... Um, some different kind of people to come to him to discuss films. For example, people are major in philosophy, mm. or people major in literature, and then because he thinks the literature and the philosophy mm. is even more important than the other knowledge in the film making, and because he they got the skills in all aspects of filmmaking, but he knows how to dig even deeper. Deep. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, he sit hell from the different knowledgeable people. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Very yeah. interesting approach. Huh? Didn't yeah. know that, didn't know that. Right. Interesting. And I think that goes into some of the concepts that 
is very much prevalent in the mm. gangster crime genre. Uh, such as the concept of yi hei, mm. like yi, yeah. right? Mm. Mm. And also things like the jianghu, yeah. which exactly. also shows up in wuxia. But exactly. it's very interesting how that yeah. is also seen with, interconnected yeah, within yeah. the crime genre as well. Yeah. And it would be great, Mr. Chong, we could give some of our listeners some insight in terms of what yi is and why is it such a core concept in this genre of film. Yeah, hey, I think uh, we can interpret it as a code of brotherhood. Why is so unique in Chinese uh, crime genre? And uh, I have to introduce uh, the Guan Gong. Mm. Yeah. yeah, the Guan Gong is uh, actually um, a historical figure. His name uh, was uh, Guan Yu. Mm-hmm. Guan Yu. And um, uh, in Han Dynasty, and he is a symbol of loyalty and uh, bravery and mm. uh, righteousness yeah. and yeah. general right. yeah. yeah he's a hero for the people and it's very complicated in our films because the relationship between the bad guy and good guy mm-hmm. um, maybe the villain or yeah. the, the child uh, versus uh, you know the police yeah and from uh, last 30s the Hong Kong police worship Guan Gong they have a Guan Gong shrine in every police station. Right, right. They will, <laughs> yeah, I would movies. see that in the movies. Many yeah, movies. All the time. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And at the same time, Guan Gong is also a hero for the triad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so strange. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why the similarity is there. And it's very complicated. They, mm-hmm. they worship the same figure. Oh. And um, so the cope of uh, brotherhood could be not only in the triad family, right. it could be um, between the triad and the police. Yeah. I think it's deeper than the other place for that kind of relationship between the good and bad. Yeah, it's a trait that either whether you're on the good side or the bad side, yeah, yeah. both of them treasure loyalty, yes, bravery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, universal values somehow, right? For both yeah. of them. Yeah, true. I mean, and you mentioned also Marco. I mean, yeah. I think especially in A Better Tomorrow, it's quite visible very often, right? These concepts of brotherhood and, and um, loyalty, right? I, yeah. I remember, I mean, one scene that I remember yeah. in particular is when when Marco walks into the Taiwanese restaurant, right? After Ho, like his yeah. partner, played by Ti Lung, like yeah. he got arrested, right? And he basically got rid of all the triad members. He killed all of them. It was literally a one-man show when he went into this uh, yeah. Taiwanese Fung restaurant. Lamba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dual wielding, yeah. dual wielding Beretta handguns, bam, right? Bam, bam. Right. <laughs> and and he he knew that probably he could also die, right? But that kind of gives you already the idea, right? You know, ultimately brotherhood is laying down your life for somebody else, yeah. right? And and yeah. like no clearer than in that scene, I think you know, a one-man show, and you know, you you know that you could die and. Yeah, it's that, the that loyalty so and the bravery. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also in one of your movies that you, I think, co-presented, Jiang Hu. Oh, yes. Jiang yes. Hu with Andy Lau and Jackie Chung. And in that movie, basically, there are two kids at the beginning of the movie that are trying to, you know, race up in the ranks of the triads. And then later they become the bosses, right? And there seemed to be some conspiracy between them, right? Um, but ultimately, when they are about to be you can say taken maybe or, or attacked by some uh, triad members, uh, they actually will stick together and, uh, you know, try to battle their way out of it, even though they are two against probably 
15 or 20 tribe members that were attacking them. Yeah. That was also a very interesting scene as well. Yeah. Yes. Maybe someone will say this is uh, not very clever mm-hmm. to do that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to yeah. Yeah. Cry. And um, that is all from Guan Gong. Yeah, Guan, Gong, yeah, correct, right. Guan Gong, actually, he's not a clever person from the modern point of view. Yeah. But that is the uh, unique value that yeah, they valued yeah, it. Yeah. 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 And I want to just reiterate, kind of give a, some context. Uh, Guan Gong, uh, he's a historical character, but also he's uh, in literature, he's from the Romance of Free Kingdom. He's yeah, a yeah, key yeah. character yeah, in yeah. that so novel. He's a general. Yeah. yeah, he's a yeah, general. general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's very interesting how that is you know, a universal concept. And yeah. for the Hong Kong crime genre, these concepts come from Chinese history, Chinese yes. literature yeah. as well. So we also wanted to talk a little bit about how these movies are produced. And mm. in terms of producing these films, how much of it is based on fact or how yeah. much is based on fiction? Yeah. And how is research done for these movies? I think... Even some of them are based on true story. Mm-hmm. But I think in general, the facts are only the source of uh, inspiration. And for example, uh, Ringo Lam's City on Fire. Oh, classic. It, yeah. is, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was uh, actually based on the robbery news. Mm-hmm. Oh. And yeah, the, yeah, there was a robbery of a jewelry shop uh, one year before the film was made. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ringo... As a scriptwriter, what should I make? What kind of films do we, we I want to want, mm-hmm. want want to make a crime film? And yep. what any materials? And the scriptwriter said, "Oh, oh, Mr. Lam, mm-hmm. uh, yesterday there was a news uh, oh. about the robbery, <laughs> and how about this?" And <laughs> Rico said, "Wow, this is good. It's <laughs> <laughs> very good." And then uh, let's study it. And then uh, you know. One of the creative way is uh, to get all the material together mm-hmm. and do the research. And after that, and then we find the story. We're not uh-huh. to create a story, you find a story. And then he finds one point, how about put an undercover cop in the uh, robbery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the Jordan Fund, a school child, you know, yeah. and uh, as one of the gangster. And okay. And, and then. The robbery is not that important, but the characterization, the, the, mm, yes. you know, yes. the relationship between, between the good yeah. guys and get, uh, bad guys. It, it seems that it seems that the bad guy is better than the good guy, right? Oh, yeah, John Spurrier is a Roy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Roy Jones, Roy <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally yeah. bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> and they're very integrated, and that's how we make that kind of films. I think it's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. That's the job of the filmmaker yeah. is they could be inspired by real life events, but it's very Correct. much exploring yeah. the depth of Probably the subject matter. And also you have to balance the, the audience demand, right? Yes. If you make it maybe too real, or maybe the story is yeah. not engaging enough, right? Probably yeah, sometimes we, we have to take care of the audience, but sometimes we have to, you know, like the Jerry Beckerman said, uh, actually we have some synchronized between mm-hmm. ourselves and the, the audience. But we don't make films for them. We make films that we want to go to see. That's true. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah correct. that's true. Yeah, because yeah, for example, in Italy, I mean, a lot of the crime films, 
uh, especially recently, I would say they tend to be very much based on specific facts, like yeah, uh, yeah. maybe a robbery or maybe like the recently acclaimed mm -hmm. like the traitor, where you have like an informant, or a former mafia boss who turned mm -hmm. informant for the police, and those are real stories. I mean, real people. Right, maybe like similar to Trivisa, that movie where oh, Trivisa, yeah. Yeah. Trivisa, Chun yeah. Kang, right? It's a yeah, real yeah. criminal, but very actually famous, the movie is very yeah. fictional. Probably. But yeah. the character yeah. is real. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um it was like yeah. kind of go into their psyche, what were they thinking? Hey, the yeah. Drama yeah, yeah, dramatization yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. But I think I'm for me I'm, I have to say very often more fascinated by the the way of of filmmaking in Hong Kong because it, it does have that balance between uh, excellent action scenes. You know, when the action scenes are done, they're second to none. That's right. everybody knows. And then, you know, yeah, it, it's a mix probably between reality where you get your facts from reality, but then you you kind of merge it with some very good storytelling, right? To create more yeah, depth exactly. for the characters, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that leads into the epics of, of crime movies as well. <laughs> yes, yes. When you have, absolutely. you guys mentioned a bit about Undercover Cops yeah. or one of the very yeah. famous uh, trilogies that Mr. Chong has reduced his Infernal Affairs. Yes, I would it's say. very much about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, I would say definitely when, when we talk about ethics, probably uh, in, in Infernal Affairs stands out in terms of that because right, you have yeah. you have these two characters, right? One a triad, one yeah. a cop, right? And they, they cross over into different areas, right? One becomes the trusted member of, uh, of the triad boss. The other one infiltrates the police and becomes a highly promising, you know, senior inspector. Right, yeah. Right, but then... You know, while they are both very successful at what they are doing, especially Andy Lau's character, I mean, yes, Tony Leung's character also starts to, you know, doubt his identity as a police yeah. officer. But especially Andy Lau's character, I think, is very symbolic because it, it offered the, the audience something new. Because I think Andy Lau, at one point, start to respect the values and the dignity in the police force, right? And he starts to identify with them, right? He has at a the shift end, to change. At the end, he, yeah, he wants to change. He wants to actually get rid of his uh, past, right? Mm -hmm. And then I think that that offers a really fresh perspective because ultimately, you know, given the choice, most of us would probably choose to be the good guy, right? So that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's so the, the, what I got out of it. Good point. Yeah. I think it that is when Infernal Affairs is so different from the other um, uh, crime film uh, yes. or undercover film. And the villain, <laughs> Andy Lau, even reflect himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's yes. really new uh, yes. at that yes. time. Yeah. That's what makes it so yeah. engaging and interesting. Yeah, very good. The human it's, aspect of yeah, it. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's the whole psychological analysis of his character. I mean, of course, also Tony Leung has his own issues, right? But mm -hmm. ultimately the fact that, as you said, the villain yeah. will yeah. want to turn good guy, Yeah. right? And then um, you also, I mean, apart from the triad theme, you also did movies, for example, that that uh, were focused on the dirty cop and good cop kind of oh, thing. Like beast, beast cops. Beast cops, <laughs> yeah. Classic movie, beast cops, right? So in that movie, actually, the main character, Dirty Tung, is probably, you know, what you would least expect from a police officer, right? I mean, he uh, he treats the triad uh, leaders as brothers. Uh, he 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 takes drugs, yeah. right? He goes gambling. <laughs> yeah. He frequents all prostitutes. The vices, he does all, all of them exactly, right? So when when you produced that film, what what was the the purpose behind? Was it to somehow like in line with movies like maybe Lee Rock to characterize? Uh, more the, the the police officer role and or, or try to make people understand okay you still have a choice right because if you compare like anthony wong's character dirty tung right is the one with all the vices and mm -hmm. you've got michael wong's character who's somehow functioning as the opposite right so 
um, what was the purpose behind like uh, actually we didn't have the purpose behind mm -hmm. uh, making this firm and uh, because you know the process of making films is not like the Hollywood and we actually have a fresh story uh, of the his cops and then uh, we find they wouldn't work out and then we uh, before sort of uh, production schedule we have to <laughs> start shooting it mm -hmm. and um, uh, in the process, we have, we're still creating the characters and uh, making fighting scenes and just like that. And we almost uh, face a, a whitest broth. And um, the best way to solve that kind of problem is to create some interesting scenes. And that's why Anthony <coughs> Wong is very interested in a way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> very interesting. Role. Very interesting. Special role yeah. for him. And yeah. then after you, you just establish the character and the few characters will interact and then you couldn't change the ending because they are so vivid and they automatically have an ending and then the messages uh, appear like that. Okay, so it's pretty much like a, you know, work in progress that developed along the yes, way, right? Yes, so yes. Like a... It's more of an organic approach yeah, to yeah, filmmaking. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's probably a very unique aspect of Hong Kong. Yeah, just not, like... not like the Hollywood formula, right? Where everything <laughs> yes. is scheduled and, you know, everything is... Uh, Actually, they did right? that kind of process before yeah. the yeah. film was made, right? Yeah, interesting to hear these uh, yeah. Yeah, insights. Yeah. yeah. I want to also look at ethics from another perspective as well is... I have a little story I want to share is that okay. um, when I was growing up, I was, I grew up in the nineties in middle school, like in, in Hong Kong. And at that time, Young and Dangerous was very popular. And I was very much influenced by those movies and by a lot of the strong characterization mm -hmm. and the yeah. great action scenes and the great narrative in those movies. And then I was act out some of like some of those characters in those movies act out wow. yeah and then actually I, I got a that was very stupid of me and then I, I ended up in detention because of it oh what did you do oh I you let's not go into that yeah okay but I think uh, that you bully that, some people okay no I'm not gonna ask okay. yeah don't ask don't ask but uh I think that ties into an interesting aspect of crime or triad movies is as a filmmaker how do you find that balance in terms mm. of when you're handling a sensitive subject matter because in, in Jung and Dangerous it's basically these troublemakers yeah. who was I <laughs> and it's these good troublemakers versus these bad troublemakers yeah and how do you portray it in a way that um, it is a in, in a very kind of good or ethical acceptable kind of, way acceptable maybe. acceptable <laughs> way because it also ties into I remember in the 90s at yeah. that time there's the emergence of MK culture, like Mong Kok, mm, which Mong is a Kok place Kong, yeah. in Kowloon side of Hong Kong. And what characterized Mong Kok culture at that time was uh, flared bottom pants, um, yellow dyed hair. Wow. And I'm trying to imagine you like that now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I had hair that time, that time. But uh, yeah, like that and, and tattoos, uh, foul language, that kind of yeah. kind of influenced sort of Mong Kok culture. And okay. That's actually very different from how Hong Kong is now, mm -hmm. right? But it's yeah. very interesting how these movies, they kind of shaped the popular culture at that time. And I wonder just how filmmakers, how they approach these uh, difficulties. You know, difficulties yeah. 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 To balance. Yeah. You mean the, the, the criticism yeah. uh, 
from people. Yeah, you you, you remind me. This is a, a really an issue in nineties. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the, the young and dangerous uh, series, and because that series of films in, involving youngsters, mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. exactly. yeah because like they the yeah they 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 yeah, and the, the young audience are not that mature, mm-hmm. and they 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 will see it as a good thing to do to yep. be dangerous right yeah 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 it was cool to be dangerous <laughs> yeah right? it's cool yeah. to be dangerous yeah. and then there's that there was an issue at that time and um some filmmaker claimed that we, we will not do that kind of uh, crime movie mm. because uh, we will were not involved in the, uh, the, the youngsters mm-hmm. and uh, but there was still some uh, wills of saying that this fetishes it's mm. not a true right, 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 right. It's right. not true. It's, it's a like fact, fiction, but yeah. it's fictional. Yeah. But still, we got some uh, criticism yeah. from different world people, right. and um, yeah, that's that's right. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a little bit also of the hip hop culture in the early nineties. Yep. Yes, uh, like when it was uh, cool yes. to yeah. to the slip, where everybody was gangster, right. NWA. NWA public enemy, yeah. all these kind of things. Yeah, yeah, it's like a pop like pop culture phenomenon. Yeah. Somehow. And also, kind of now, it, it seems like there's less of those type of movies. Maybe it, it's because of the social like responsibility aspect yeah, of it. Repercussions, maybe. Now it's more of a exploration of the psyche of yes. it or it, the ethical yes, exactly. and more mature yes. look at the ethics of Yeah, that's, that's my view as well. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I yeah. think so. So um, maybe we'll jump into talking about the legacy of Hong Kong crime movies. And we want to look at some of the significant movies or people that shaped this genre of Hong Kong cinema. Yeah. Are there any uh, directors or movies that you feel maybe some of our audiences, they, you know, they've watched a couple, but then they want to just have a starting point. Where would you recommend them to kind of ease into this yeah. genre? Yes, I think uh, we can uh, uh, discuss this uh, chronologically. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think the first uh, crime movie take this kind of genre to another level mm-hmm. is uh, A Better Tomorrow, mm. uh, John Woo's film. We, we don't need to <laughs> introduce yeah. no introduction. Yeah. 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 Yes, <laughs> and uh, this is um, produced in um, 1986. Six, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the 1998 is Bishop, Gordon Chance Bishop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then uh, the very brilliant film uh, from Johnny, 1999, The Mission. Oh, The Mission. Oh, the, mission. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Mission is really good because it, the production cost is very low, mm-hmm. other than three million. Oh, wow, that's incredible. Yeah, and because the limitation of the production cost, mm-hmm. There's not much, you know, of a fighting scene. And uh, there's a try. Just in the mall shootout. And then uh, Johnny create an other style of gun fighting. Right. It's really good. And then the uh, t- 2002, Andrew Rao and Alan Mass in Fender Affairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Of course. And... 2005, the election from Johnny Toe mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And um, later on, a few years ago, the Trevisa, uh, oh, uh, yeah. produced by John, uh, Johnny as well. 
Yeah, I think that these people and these films are really important in this show. Yeah, definitely masterpieces. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, absolutely. I mean, as a fan, John Wu is still yeah, is up there in the Olympus for me. It's my favorite. Yeah, actually, more than a better tomorrow. I actually do love the killer. The killer is my all time. Yeah, that's a very, I would say, amazing movie, both in terms of storytelling and characterization, and then you know, action scenes. Uh, but then there were also a couple that we liked from the 80s, like um, uh, there was uh, My Heart Is That Eternal Rose from Patrick Tam Kamin. Mm-hmm. With, uh, oh, yes, yeah. that one. That, that movie was with uh, Kenny B, you know. Uh, Kenny oh, Kenny B, B yeah, as yeah, a, a, a killer. Yeah, but actually he started out pretty much as a simple guy that was somehow sucked into the underworld, uh, right, because of cor- a corrupt cop and, and then everybody at the mo- in the end dies, right, with Chan Wai Man, you know, also the the, the, the trial leader dying. So you like this? Uh, this is a that, bit niche, right? Yeah, that is a niche, but I like Patrick Tam Kaming as a director. Yeah. Because uh, actually the That's first the movie time. I saw from him was like a, a wuxia called uh, Ming Jian, The Sword. Uh, that is the one Sword. Of my, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a very uh, versatile director. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, the, the Hong Kong people knows very well. He is actually the, the teacher of uh, Wong Gawai. Oh, okay. Oh. Not surprising. Not, Not surprising. surprising. Yeah, yeah. there's similarities there in the way they shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did many different genres. I mean, he didn't do many movies, but every movie he did, I mean, I watched it so many times because it never gets tiring. He has yeah. a very, very appealing style. And then also, of course, uh, Rich and Famous by Taylor Wong. Taylor Wong, uh, Rich and Famous and Tragic Hero, also with Zhou Yunfat and uh, Andy Lau. Okay. That's also some kind of uh, family epic in the right. style of Godfather, you know, those kind of, you know, among fans. Because, but again, because they are more on the action side, they didn't have much characterization, if you look at that, right? Yeah, there is some drama, but, you know, uh, because I started out watching action movies, so I still have a lot of nostalgia for those, okay. yeah. right? But ultimately, if you look at more sophisticated movies, yeah. yeah then we would have to look at the ones we just mentioned. That yeah, in between the, uh, these um, classic films, there were a lot of follow shoot films. Yeah, oh. but, but still working. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I would say probably uh, Rich and Famous kind of follow suit of A Better yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. As, you know, mm-hmm. copycats very often. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. We're talking about a lot of the iconic Hong Kong crime movies. What do you think makes them stand out from other films in the genre and how... How do, what are some of the differences or similarities between Hong Kong crime movies and some some of the these type of genre movies from other cultures? Ah yes, uh, actually we I mean yeah, Japanese or mafia mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Hollywood or Italy crime movies are different because we have different cultural and historical Background. context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and um, most importantly. The Hong Kong crime movies uh, influenced a lot by the uh, crime movie of all over the world mm-hmm. because okay. we are very flexible and we can extract the, the, the essence from other films and make our style mm-hmm. and blend with our unique Chinese and um, uh, culture, uh, yeah. yeah and Western culture together. Mm-hmm. And I think the similarity more than the differences and especially the uh, mafia film mm-hmm. uh, with mm-hmm. us and and for example the godfather yeah yeah filmmaker in my generation admire the godfather most mm-hmm. for example uh ringo lam one of the billion directors mm-hmm. in hong kong he told me that four decades ago mm-hmm. he told me that he watched godfather mm-hmm. when he got a writer's spot 
That means he was Godfather all the time. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that is why I think we admired the Godfather very much. And mm. then uh, when I, when after the success of Infernal Affair, the team said we have to make the sequel, and I suggest them to make even one more. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the saga of Godfather. That's why right. we will, oh. you know, we always uh, uh, refer to Godfather. But between the uh, Japanese Yakuza film mm-hmm. and our crime film, there is a lot of similarity. Mm-hmm. But there's a um, nuance. And because Yakuza mm-hmm. is uh, inherited from uh, the Bushido. Bushido, the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, spirit yeah, of samurai, of right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. if you don't have no knowledge about the bushido or samurai, mm-hmm. and then you you will be very doubt about what was going on in, in some yeah, of the, yeah, the yeah, yakuza yeah. film, yeah. because they have a strict hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Yes, and yeah. that there's always a scene of amputation of yes. fingers. fingers. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, fingers. Yeah, yeah. What is this? In Black Rain, the Hollywood movie they did with yes. Michael Douglas. Yeah, yes. It was like Japanese and uh, US yeah. you know, fusion. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to introduce some uh, knowledge of Japanese or the samurai uh, yeah. culture. And, but still, we would like the uh, Yakuza films mm-hmm. and uh, we, we also like the Mafia films. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for for me as an Italian, I do actually see. I mean, from a cultural perspective, not not from a filmmaking perspective, I, I would see actually a lot of similarities uh, with the Sicilian mafia culture and the triads, or even the yakuza as well. For example, in Godfather, you see Marlon Brando's character having a very strong focus on mm-hmm. ancient codes of honor, right? Okay. Right, for example. Right. When there was the scene where this younger mobster comes to him and offers him to start trading heroin, he said, no, no. we're not going to touch that. And his son said, hey, daddy, daddy. And he kind of contradicts his father mm-hmm. in public. After the scene, he says, listen, never going to tell people right, family business right, in public. Never talk about it in public. Never tell others. right." So you have these concepts of keeping everything in the family right right and and this somehow relates back as well to the whole culture because it's not a coincidence as for example the mafia is called also cosa nostra or la familia which means uh-huh. our own thing mm-hmm. or the family right mm, yeah. so it is all related to this close knit community the clan culture right and that mm-hmm. that's very similar i think to, to the, the Chinese. to yeah. the triads <laughs> to the yakuza and also the the hierarchies yeah like the yeah. dilo the dilo right <laughs> there you have the capo right and all these kind of things right so Probably that stems also from a patriarchal society, yeah. right? Uh, there are definitely a lot of similarities there. And then if I think about concepts like mm-hmm. sacrifice and self-interest, right? For example, Michael Corleone, the son, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He actually was a lawyer. Yeah. He had to sacrifice mm-hmm. his kind of normal life right. for protecting the family and protecting his yeah. father. Uh-huh. There's a very interesting film with Joe Young Fat actually called Triads, the inside story from 1987, where he also takes uh, over the I, the family business. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think it's uh, inspired uh, exactly by the Godfather. Oh yeah, 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 it's very obvious. The story, the story is very much similar. Right? And then another thing is about the, um, what was it? The, 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 the Omerta. Yeah, Omerta is a concept that is related to uh, the code of silence. That means yeah. if you are captured, no. you cannot talk neither to the authorities, neither to the enemies, to nobody. You have to shut up, right? Marco, yeah, a... Marco, when he was beaten up by YC Lee's gangsters yeah. to get information, they almost beat him to death, but yeah. he didn't talk. Yeah. yeah. 
So that's a lot, a lot of similarity there. Yeah, it's a common yeah. theme in a lot of these Hong Kong yeah, yeah, crime yeah, yeah. movies too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I do see. Yeah, for, for me as an Italian, I, I feel very. Uh, I, mean, I could see a lot of, you know, similarities there. You know, it's not difficult to get into that culture. That's like Ihe too. That's like Ihe. Yeah. 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 Right? It is Ihe. You don't Ihe. rat out on your common exactly. you know, brotherhood. The word omerta is actually a, a Sicilian dialect. It, it comes from a dialect. Somehow means something like manliness, I think. I'm not 100% oh. sure because I'm not Sicilian. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it means manliness, I think. Yeah. Uh, so it stems from this yeah, brotherhood. Macho. Macho. Bro- macho. More than macho, like yeah. brotherhood among men. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. This kind of okay. thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, very similar to Yihei, right? Yeah, very similar, I think. Loyalty, right, to the family. Loyalty to your, to your friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think like even when we're talking about some of these movies, we see a evolution. We we talked about some of the significant movies. We started about like A Better Tomorrow as like a starting point. And then we ended up at Election. And I'm wondering how these triad movies evolved over time. What were some of the significant events that led to the tone or a change in terms of the way they're handled? Is it societal or is it production-wise? Yes, I think uh, I just mentioned about in the early days, we have all about action, yeah. action mm-hmm. sequence. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but later on, after the Better Tomorrow, we are more ambitious. Mm-hmm. We want to tell a good story. And then we don't want to follow through. Uh, for example, in Better Tomorrow, is very explicitly talking about mm-hmm. the revenge, the friendship, and mm-hmm. the loyalty. And then what? And for example, the uh, undercover cops and uh, the city on fire is almost the best one at the time. And how can we do any other film? And then we had to, to change the approach. Mm-hmm. And we have to find a new area of the crime theater and uh, uh, in terms of packaging and on the um, uh, sophistication or more thoughtful mm-hmm. and then we have uh, Inferno Affairs. Mm-hmm. Right. Just yeah. As, yeah. Inferno Affairs, the very special thing is that even the villain reflect himself. Mm-hmm. And exactly. It's yeah. actually we are sure our system is good, right? The yeah. police system is good. That is, I think it's very patriotic yeah. film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a way, it's a yeah. different yeah, take as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then what else? And we we had to after that, and Johnny told me a lot of film in different worlds, uh, mm-hmm. uh, from different uh, respective. Yeah, different viewpoints. Uh, yeah, and uh, for example, you, election yeah, is about yeah. the underworld of the crime syndicates yeah and, yeah. and it's a power game between the, the you know the tribe members right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah. the election exactly. in itself oh, is a sort of social commentary mm. right oh yeah, yeah. and uh yeah. He, he denied it <laughs> but and you can see tried very hard mm. and after that uh we have uh, Chevisa. Mm-hmm. And it's totally different story, and um, he tried the form of the format and uh, the real thicker, mm-hmm. but creative story mm-hmm. and uh, sort of some coincidence in. But as a whole, you can roughly tell that is really a good film. Yeah. But but uh, yeah. you yeah. you may not uh, so clearly can tell them. Theme of this movie, 
mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it is uh, quite somewhat since it quite could resonate with us. Yeah, and then uh, I think we we make this kind of films. We 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 don't want to repeat ourselves, yeah. mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's why we can um, uh, 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 move ahead. But it's more and more difficult because too many good films have been made. Right, right. Yeah. That's true. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's also sort of a characteristic of Hong Kong films, like crime films. It's the exploration of black and white, yeah. the gray area, gray area in between. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an evolution. It just gets more and more sophisticated yeah. Yeah. from Better okay, Tomorrow, exactly. where it's more of a story of revenge and yeah. redemption and to election, where it's so complex in terms yeah. of that's yeah. actually like like Godfather, like yeah. Godfather Part Three, especially you see the gray area, the, the Vatican and the other, you know, yeah. interwoven yeah. dynamics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, every person, like character right. in in the movie, they have their own motives, they yes. have their own goals, of course, and yeah. how they work it out, and who which side you're on. Yeah, and as exactly. the viewer, I think that's very much one of the major points where it's very attractive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exploring things that we don't really explore in normal yeah. life, right? Yeah. Oh yes. It's pushed push to the extreme. <laughs> true. True. Like your decision, his there life is, and yeah, death. Yeah. That's why some some people say that if you are in film industry, you have uh, many lives. Uh, then, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah true. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's like exploring life in the most extreme ways. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, with movies such as Once a Gangster, for example. Right, uh, or partly even exiled, you started to have, uh, to some extent, a more comedic, right, interpretation mm-hmm. of the underworld, right? Yeah. What What was the purpose when you did um, Once a Gangster? Yeah, uh, actually, I think his idea is to make something different. It's a small film, and then you not have big budget to do any fighting scenes. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. Yeah. You just want to show some humorous things in a, a child society. So the mu- more human side of it, actually. Yeah, during right? the, some research of a, the, the, yeah. with some child member, yeah, yeah, yeah. some knowledgeable yeah. individuals, we find they sometimes very naive. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Uh, because they don't know much of the ordinary uh, living, mm-hmm. you know, they call, how to translate, the child members call uh, the normal people, ordinary people, low yeah. chan. Or people who get tricked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get played <laughs> or get played. Oh, man, <laughs> what? Uh, suckers. Suckers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah exactly. They, they, okay, suckers. They, they, they call us suckers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, but, in, yeah. but in the country, sometimes they are very naive. For example, mm-hmm. I, I met a child member. He was a friend of one of my friends. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, when I was uh, studying uh, chemistry in the um, university, mm-hmm. he said, "Hey, come help me! I'm running a, a illegal gasoline uh, <laughs> business. Uh, uh, business, <laughs> come help me!" Oh. And you know, from uh, in the eye of us, he's just an idiot, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> but, he, they, but in the eye of them, they see us as idiot. Yeah. Suckers. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So you can um, <laughs> have some very funny material right. from yeah, yeah, from yeah, them, yeah, and uh, right. yeah. yeah. So For example, was... suddenly they uh, when we have a dinner together, and then one of the former child members said, "I don't like this guy." Next table, 
how about beating them up? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, they would yeah. do something like that. Right. Very impulsive, of yeah. course. Right. Yeah, right. Yes, right. and then wow. so yeah. all the <laughs> humorous materials come from the, the daily life the of uh, that kind of uh, yeah, yeah. members. Like that lifestyle. That, that yeah, 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 yeah. But definitely an interesting take, I think, on the, on the underworld. Yeah, it's, it's really, really comedy. It's a comedy. Yeah. 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 Because it goes back to when yeah. you are in a triad or you're a gang member. Yeah, yeah. You basically, you don't go in line with the law, right? Yeah. So yeah. you create your own law so that yeah, there's yeah. so many areas where you could push things to the extreme and do things that are just yeah, might yeah. look really stupid to normal people who True. do abide the law, right? True. And <laughs> the, the, the story about, you know, the normal people being suckers is also quite in line with how actually the American gangster is often depicted because ultimately yeah. an American style gangster is a guy that takes advantage of the capitalist system. Right. right. And he <laughs> kind of tricks people. So he probably also thinks, okay, you guys are all suckers because you yeah. don't get that I'm tricking yeah. you, right? Yeah. So it's, pretty, it's a very similar view among yeah, all gangsters yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but sometimes it's like if we're a law abiding citizen, you we look at gangsters, we yeah, might yeah, think yeah. they're suckers, right? Yeah, exactly. We're following that type of uh, mutual know, feeling. Crime, right? Yeah, mutual feeling. <laughs> mutual feeling. <laughs> So let's jump ahead and then look mm-hmm. a little bit about the future of um, Hong Kong crime movies. What do you think are challenges for the future or what are the kind of new developments in terms of the genre? Yes, uh, I stay uh, optimistic. The future of the Hong Kong crime movies because mm-hmm. it's the best genre to travel all over the world, especially mm. in the mainland. Oh, okay. And because, you know, the, the, the boss officer's mainland is just incredible yeah. mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. and it's not difficult to achieve a film 100 million, right? Oh. And it's very important for us because... Very easy. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and, and for the latest uh, crime films uh, released in the mainland, it's still very good. Mm-hmm. And that is why we still make that kind of genre film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the challenge is there. And uh, first of all, the cost uh, is getting higher and higher, mm-hmm. uh, including the elimination of uh, actors and uh, mm-hmm. actual exp- uh, daily expenses. This is why some uh, filmmakers go to uh, Malaysia to make the film because it's much cheaper than here. And the second challenge, I think, is not about the censorship of uh, the mainland because there's no significant change mm-hmm. recently. And the censorship uh, processing is a bit uh, slow because mm-hmm. of COVID-19, oh, right, uh, yeah, the past few years. And the, the political issue in Hong Kong is uh, not a problem for the commercial filmmakers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the government will not interfere the commercial mm-hmm. activities. Mm-hmm. And so the second challenge is uh, we don't have enough good scripts. Oh. Ah, so <laughs> scriptwriters, uh, lack of scriptwriters. Yeah, we lack of good scriptwriters. You can tell from the uh, numbers. Last year, we we released only 33 films. Mm-hmm. And the year before last year is 48. And we're declining. And in the heyday, uh, we produce 300 films a, a year. And yeah, that's, out, that's why uh, maybe you say uh, we will a language of actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, we we have enough uh, actors because mm-hmm. you would say um, uh, always uh, some guys around for over three decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Burn rat, uh, yes, uh, sure. they um, 
somewhat popular uh, edges are already sesigenarian, mm-hmm. but we still have right. newcomers. Right. But we don't have enough opportunity for them mm-hmm. to practice or to shine. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is a problem. But I think the government did something uh, very helpful. It was uh, in 2007. Mm-hmm. The government offered a film fund and um, established a film development council and to help the funding to the film industry and how to groom fresh film director or the script writing training. And we did a, a lot of things to make it uh, getting better. And for example, the Johnny Toe found mm-hmm. a fresh wave scheme oh, right. many oh, wow. years ago. And it's a, basically a short film contest, okay. mm-hmm. but with some uh, forum oh. and introduce some mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Other, uh, foreign films in yep. Hong Kong. And it's really helpful. <laughs> and um, many new directors are from the fresh wave mm-hmm. uh, scheme. Mm-hmm. And But in the future, we still need to make more efforts. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a crystal ball and uh, just like them. The former leader of China, Chen Xiaoping, said, we crossing the river by touching the songs. So, Mr. Chong, we, we understand that you're currently producing a new movie, and it's called Twilight of the Warriors Walled In. Yep. And yep. it's based on a comic by Andy Sito. Could you tell us a little bit more about this movie that yeah. you're working on? I'm particularly on? eagerly awaiting that one because yep. of Sammo Hung. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, yes, I am producing this film. And uh, actually, this was um, uh, based on a novel by Yu Yi. And uh, you just mentioned the comic is also uh, based on this novel. Mm, and okay. the characters there is uh, car- caricatured. And it's um, not uh, a, a real story. Yeah. And um, we said in the eighties, but uh, I can testify that the production design and the set and the atmosphere done by the our production designer Ken Matt mm-hmm. is just terrific mm. and would be very stunning. And uh, yeah. it's very close to my what I'm experiencing in my childhood. Yeah, we read from yeah. some interviews that Mr. Chong, you actually yes, spent exactly. a part of your childhood living in the Kowloon Walled City. Yes. yes. So for me, for me, it's quite uh, interesting, I think, to hear that because for me, I, I only watched it in uh, in certain movies. Like I, I saw the Kowloon Walled City basically only in Johnny Muck's like, Long Arm of the Law. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I think in another American movie called Bloodsport, which was a martial arts film. Yeah, Those were the only, down. yeah, twice only to see the Kowloon Walled City uh, in its original, with its original buildings. Because other than that, it was okay. mostly sets. I, I was never satisfied when I uh, uh, saw the other sets of a Kowloon Border City in <laughs> any movies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's super exciting because it's so much a part of Hong Kong's culture, mm-hmm. Hong Kong's history. It's also his fascination. Because I understand that people in Japan, like they have done extensive kind of homage or you know, even some research on the walled city. And it, I think it's it's time right now for Hong Kong to celebrate that part of the history as well, you know, and, and kind of showcase. To remember, of course. Yeah, yeah to, remember to remember and tribute, pay tribute to that part of our history. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's a great time to uh, yeah. get into crime films. Like yeah, yeah, absolutely, films, right? absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you so yeah. much for your time, Mr. Chong. Uh, you're Tom. welcome. Thank you, Mr. Chong. Thank yeah, you. it was thank great. You. Pleasure. Thank you. If you like some of the movies we talked about and are around Southeast Asia, be sure to check out Celestial Movies, CCM, and our other services via our website. Celestial Movies is Asia's leading premium Chinese movie service bringing you exclusive and first-run movies throughout the year with the biggest Hong Kong and Chinese stars and the biggest blockbusters. While CCM brings you the most iconic films from the renowned Shaw Brothers studio, showcasing your mastered blockbusters from the golden age of Hong Kong cinema. Thank you for tuning in. For more information on this episode and other episodes, please visit our website at thewayintothedragon.com. You can follow us on social media by searching The Way Into the Dragon. And please rate, review, and follow our show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Take care and catch you on the next one. The references to any products, services linked to third parties, or other information by the speakers in this podcast does not constitute or imply its endorsement, sponsorship, or recommendation by Celestial Tiger Entertainment. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of Celestial.